Check one, two, one, two. You hey. know how we do. OEM coming through. It's the blackout. The blackout podcast. It's the blackout. Okay. The blackout. We popped that. Uh. Uh. Welcome back to another episode, man. It's the blackout podcast. My name's ODM, your host. Lighter Shade of Brown. Daddy's favorite rapper. Your mama's favorite DJ for back in the day. Shit, got over 20 years in both of them, damn it. Ooh. And we want to thank you. Over here, my host, my DJ, my other co-host, Resident DJ, Danny Boy, give it up, man. What's Yo, up, bro? What up, what up, y'all? The Blackout Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Make sure you follow us, subscribe, share this. Let your mama know, like ODM said. You dig? Yes, all available platforms right now as we speak. Danny, how you feeling this vibe, bro? I'm we, good, bro. Man. We got legendary people in the building. That's... Can't complain. We're, so. co- we're continuing on with this lighter shade of brown, this this legacy. This is the first series. If you're new to watching this one right here, you might want to go back and watch the other one. Uh, with DJ Fabe Love, you know what I'm saying? Yep. That was a dope-ass interview. And uh, we're just going to keep growing, man, and keep showing them uh, what it was like to start this movement with Lighter Shade of Brown. And that's, what, again, what this whole series is on the Blockout Podcast. In the future, of course, you know, we're going to dib and dab with some upcoming artists and all that other stuff. But right here, this is what it's about, man. And I have none other. Man, my brother, dude, from another mother, from back of the day, the foundation continues with the movement. Mr. Hold on, before I get into this, this dude, man, master, mix master DJ, KDAY, the original K Day mix master, all right? Producer extraordinaire. I had to close my eyes because I got to think about this. Producer extraordinaire, man, responsible for hit records such as you might have heard on a Sunday afternoon, Latin active, homies. The list goes on and on. That's just lighter shade of brown. We got more to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Jammin' J. What's up? All right. <laughs> cheers, bro. Hey. Hold on. Let's get this cheers in, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Come on, bro. You know how we celebrate, though. Yeah. Did you bring this fly? Because I don't remember him being here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's uh, Marty McFly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Marty McFly in the building. Cheers. Yeah. Salud, bro. Thank yeah. you for coming through, Plus, man. Yo, I had to be here with my little bro. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So... How was the drive out? I mean, we're, we're obviously oh, naive. So. I thought uh, when I was coming here, uh, Fat Joe, all the way up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it feels like. We next to all these mountains yeah, and stuff. man, you up in heaven. Yeah, but not too bad. It was cool. It was cool. It was cool. Not too far from the house. Okay. So when we met, you um, you were living in Fontana, right? Or No, I was living in South Central in Nipsey Hussle's neighborhood. Dang. Here, put the mic a little closer. Yeah. We want to make sure uh, we South could. Central. High yeah, we want to hear that bass. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, let's just go right to the um, to your upbringing. So, yeah. grew up in L.A., yeah, South LA, Central. South Central, High Park, Crenshaw area. Mm. Went to High Park Elementary. Went to Sutter Junior High and Taft High School. Uh, went to high school with Ice Cube. Look at that. Yes. I was waiting for that bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With Ice Cube, uh, with Sir Jinx, with KD, you know, the stereo crew that was Danny, Ice can Cube you imagine crew. that, dude? Going to school with Ice Cube and all these greats. Yeah, that was one of my boys I hung out. We was in, we had the same health class. That's crazy. No shit. Yeah, he's actually a year younger than me. Bro, I know you got some stories alone just there. Yeah, I mean, because wasn't I heard that wasn't he? Didn't he used to get bust in? Yeah, we all did. Oh, he from got a bust di- in. Yeah, from uh, he lived in uh, wasn't Inglewood, hundred eleven, Gardena, right? Where he was from, he stayed like around the corner from Dub C. True, another yeah. name. Yeah, That's how they linked up. Dub C. Yeah, nothing but legendary names. Yeah, dude. So what was it? Because this was what mid eighty five, eighty. I graduated in eighty six, so this was eighty five. My junior year, bro, that was like man, West Coast hip hop at its finest during that break era. Break dancing was hot then. You yes, know, Cube was break dancing. I was break dancing. That's what was in at that time. Yeah, did you guys ever battle? Yeah, oh, you used yeah. to battle Cube. Yeah, I used to have a curl too, and he had a curl. Oh, y'all used to battle curls or yeah, battle break dancing? Well, we battle break dancing. <laughs> I think I had more windmills in him at the time. <laughs> he only had two. I think I had about three or four. <laughs> do you have a uh, name of your crew? Uh, oh, no. The cartoon crew. That was my first crew, and uh, that's my first record I made in high school. No shit. Cartoon yeah, crew. I was in a group called the Cartoon Crew. We had a, a record called Getting Sweated. 
getting sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> what was you working on then? What what drum machine? I didn't actually produce the song. The engineer did. We used a DMX at that time. What? That's what was out. Explain what a DMX is. That just the OG drum machine? It's the original drum machine. Yeah, the one that Dr. Dre used to use back on the uh, early um, Wrecking Crew records. I think I heard. I interviewed Candyman a while back. He had talked about. He said Johnny J was rap using one of those too. Yeah, Everybody Johnny did. J. I did music with Johnny J too before for, for Candyman. Jamming James in the building, dude. Like he's got so many people that he's he's went to school with, worked with. We're gonna get all into that. Growing up. How many siblings? I'm the youngest of six. The young, yeah. you're the baby. I'm the baby. I used to get spoiled. Spoiled as hell. Yeah. So they didn't want to see me upset. How you? Um, how many brothers? How many sisters? Two brothers, three sisters: Robert, Reese, Wanda, Melinda, and Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I see Wanda on 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 Facebook every now and yeah, then. Yeah, they still out in um, Fontana. <laughs> not in Fontana. Somewhere out in IE. What what was uh what did what did they bump growing up, man? I mean your older siblings, your moms. Oh man, Earth Wind and Fire, yeah. Diana Ross, Motown. Yeah. Motown. Forty fives? Forty fives. Yep. I used to be the DJ for the family. That way I can hang around the adults. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and got influenced at the same time, right? Oh yeah. Man. That's crazy. So Growing up in L.A. at that time, I, I know that for sure, man, gang violence was at its maximum. You know oh, what I'm saying? Man. And then you got Ice Cube, we were talking about. And then, well, before he went through, wasn't he part of a... The stereo crew before he got... Didn't he hang with the Juice Crew? Not Juice Crew, but uh, Dr. Well, Dre and them? Wrecking Crew? Yeah. yeah, that was his group, the stereo crew, before well, they were signed to um, Lonzo. <sighs> so that was... Before the NWA, but I mean, Way obviously, NWA. And I remember when they formed NWA. I, I ran into uh, Cube and Dre at the um, sports arena. It was the um, Fresh Fest. Okay. And we had tickets there, so the mix masters were there. And I looked to the right and I see Cube. He's like, "Yo, Jamin James, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Dr. Dre over there too." I'm like, oh, "Okay." And my boy Inwalk knew who Dre was, and we walk over there. Inwalk, Tone Lokes DJ, Tone Lokes DJ, Farside DJ, and also uh, Tone Lokes Farside MC that. Hammer. That's dope man. Yeah, Inwalk <laughs> is like one of the DJs I know that toured the world nonstop from he's the eighties yeah. up until now. You got to. You got to stay busy. You got to get yeah. in, man, where you fit in. Stand exactly. fly. Marty. So, and walked the one who put me on in the game. Okay. Shit, man. So, when did you at first get your, like, first shine? Let's talk about how you got into K-Day. Oh, man. K-Day, 1580. My, let them know, bro, if they don't know. I mean. 1580 K-Day, the first real 24-hour hip-hop rap station Talking about Ever. the radio station, K-Day? The radio the station, AM, bro. AM, 1580 K-Day. Yeah, they got K-Day now, LA, but this was the yeah, original. The original. OG, OG. And I was like one of the second round of the DJs that came in. It was me, Ralph M. from Funk Dubious. Speak DJ on Battle Cat. Preach. Uh, DJ Aladdin. Preach. With WC. Ralph DJ M. Romeo. Yeah, I mentioned Ralph M. Oh, Trace rest DJ in peace. Romeo. was with Body and Soul. Uh, before that was Julio G, Tony G. Um, Joe Cooley, um, Enters, bro. Dr. Dre was the first mix master, and every one of them came out and did something. Not every, they just did DJ. They, they all Everyone ended up being the producer because that was the, the the next thing to do. Right, still is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I don't know if DJs are really like nowadays or really. Laying down the fabric right. of making these records that made hip-hop. Right. Actually physically touched the... Yeah. Yeah. No, I got you on that one. I think it was more special back then, too, because... Uh, and those those DJs you mentioned were put out platinum Yeah, uh, hits. Everyone. Tony G. Oh, man. Tony G. DJ Tony G. Shout-outs to my man right there, bro. Meloman Ace. Get Frost. You already know. The list goes on. A.O.T. Yes. ALT. And then, so, okay, so you you worked at K-Day for how many years? Um, for, From 87 until it ended to the last day I was there, the very last day. No kidding. Yeah. What year was that? I think 80. That was before you, you got with us, right? Yeah, it was or, right before you guys, so 89 or 88. Yeah. Hmm. So 
so man, so immediately after that, you was already working on. Did you work on Big Lady K's album? I worked on Big Lady K. That was my first record. That I, wait, was that the first? Big Lady K, um, and also an R and B singer. I did a remix for Giorgio. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, yeah. He's a singer back. Yeah, then. yeah. I did. I heard Giorgio. He had a song called Romantic Love. That was yeah. my first remix I ever did on Motown Records. So, so Big Lady K, for those that don't know, she was the first artist on um, Easy E's label, Ruthless, right? Yeah, well, through Pro. Priority through Priority Records, yeah, and and Ruthless was on Priority. Okay, okay, yeah, and then oh, let me um, get it twisted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, low profile, and then uh, my group KMC that I had that I produced. KMC, man, first shout horror, out or hip hop rap group ever. So then, I get introduced to Cliff Ritchie over the phone, um, the payphone that I rapped over at school, and then the next person I meet is you. Yeah, and then um. I remember Cliff telling me, all right, I got my guy, my boy, uh, Jammin' James. You know, he uh, he's going to uh, shoot down to your crib, and uh, we're going we're gonna to do a couple of demos. We're going to do a demo, and uh, we're going to record you know, some music with you, and we got these songs. I, I can't remember if he's – he must have sent the songs to me ahead of time so I can write to him. They had to have been there. Right, I don't yeah. think I wrote them in front of you. No. And it was El Vario. With, oh, yeah, uh, come on, Oye Como Va was the first one? Right. Very first one? Very first one. Okay, so that was before Vadio, because I remember you yeah. did Vadio with Lakeside. Yeah, yeah, it's all the way live. It's all the way right. live. So, uh, so um, lost my train of thought. The other one, uh, Oye Como Va was the first one. Yeah. So you showed up. I remember I had that beat, and I don't know how the hell I wrote to that shit, because, you know, I'm, I was just used to boom, bap like this, you right. know, and, and, and Rakim had them fast ones, so I was like, well, shoot, Rakim could do it, because that was my dude. I could do this So I remember Right into it And shoot I think we even Well I don't want To get too far ahead You ended up Coming down to the house My crib My, my grandma's crib yep. And we went In the room And you brought Your four track Tell yeah. everybody What the four track is If they don't know Four, what four track, track is a four track Recorder You could record Four tracks You put your music down You can lay a vocal um, Add some scratching Kind of like this Right This, this yeah, little roadcaster Yeah exactly It had these But like it had that, a But it had a cassette in the corner. Yeah, it was kind of noisy. <laughs> it was hissy. <laughs> hey, you had that right. HD Maxell. What was it? The high, uh, yeah, the high the, frequency. The Maxell, um, the chrome tapes. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't even XL. bother. Those are the days. So then I recorded that man, and um, so what happened? From what you know, because what I know is that I ended up. I know we shot a video for it, didn't we? At, at Riverside, because yeah, some hill somewhere. I forgot. I wasn't there when you guys shot the video. I remember. You weren't. No, I remember because remember um, CJ. I was Vanilla, about to break that up. Yeah, which was uh, the first member of Lighter Shade of Brown. <laughs> was he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that, bro. Dan Cliff trying to put us with everybody. Did you know uh, about that, Fabe? Yeah. Shout out to Fabian Love DJ. He's in the house. Fabe Love. Bum, 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 bum. Um, yeah, CJ. We shot. We shot because we shot his video, yeah. and then we shot our video too when the he same day. DJ Quick Perm. Yeah, <laughs> white boy with a perm. CJ, yeah, didn't he have long hair? Yeah, remember when he had a perm like quicks? Oh, <laughs> uh, you never seen that before. No, I did it, bro. <laughs> the original vanilla, can we call him yeah, that? Yeah, he was original vanilla before vanilla ice. Facts. This was Facts. 89. Yeah, about 88, 89. I'll explain it. Fabian last, last podcast was the I just remember we were shopping my demo as um. ODM and then you know Warner Brothers and all these uh, yeah, uh, but profile they just weren't biting and yeah, and then profile was about to give you guys a deal though. were they it was between Talk about profile it. and um, quality but quality order offered a video Russ Regan there you go yeah. Russ Regan rest Russ in peace Regan. man I remember going to meet Russ Regan the first day He's like hey you know what you remind me of Barry White can you sing. <laughs> Like nah, I don't sing. I Why would he music. say that, man? And he told me the story. You can't about say that shit in 2022, yeah, bro. He, he told me about the story about when he met him and he came in his office. He didn't have no shoes on. And uh, but the dudes, I love because I hear I've heard these stories before. Yeah, and um, man, he blew up with, with, with Barry White. That was part of his legacy. And yeah, Elton Russ, John as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. He signed Elton John, Barry White, um, just to name a couple. Yeah, um, but uh, he's had Journey, his hand. I think uh, a couple of other rock groups. He was there. the president. Uh, oh, 20th or, Century Fox. Yeah, That's, that was the label that they were on. It. Okay, yeah. we got signed with Quality Records, and it was a single deal, right? Yeah, a single deal for TJ Knight. 
and with an option for an yeah, album. Option for an album. See, back then, those days, like they did that just to see if you was actually going to make noise before they actually yeah, put, put, money put money into, into you, you and yeah, gave you a video. Exactly, because videos weren't off the cuff. You didn't get that right away. Nope. You had no. to prove yourself. And a lot of deals didn't even come with videos. Look at that. And you got these cats. Money Moon's in the building. What up, man? Hey. What up, bro? How many videos you put out during the pandemic, bro? Like 13 <laughs> videos? <laughs> <laughs> who paid for who paid for him, bro? Dang, out of my so, pocket, bro. Out of his pocket, bro. Come on. You couldn't do that back That's then. That's what you gotta do now. You couldn't do that back then. Jeez, you you didn't have the resources yeah. for it. You gotta have at least 50 racks back then. That's how much the videos were, huh? Yeah, the yeah. very least. Did we make TJ Knights for like five racks? Or it was TJ probably Knights cheaper than that. kind of cheap. They didn't spend too much on that. <laughs> so fifty thousand for a video? For for what? Yeah. 4K? 4,000? 40. Oh, 40,000 for yeah, TJ Knight? Yeah, they spent some money on it. Damn. It was the quality of the film? That it was like a movie. Yeah. The cinematic or what? Oh. Back then. It was actual film. It was actual. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. That's a lot of money back then. What were they shooting with? Like a red camera or something? I or think a high eight, uh, super. Old school one. Okay, that makes sense. We were paying for the damn camera then, pretty Film much. Film too, yeah. Location wasn't shit. We just went to TJ. We <laughs> <laughs> got it for cheaper, <laughs> and then you get it for five hundred dollars today. Zed, yeah, that's fake love, man. That's crazy. So yeah, so we did TJ nights with with them, and then um, and then we get in the studio, and then we record the whole Brown and Proud album. Yeah, what was that like, nights, bro? Tony G on the remix and uh, playing the percussion. That's right. That's yeah. right. Donde vamos? Like that was the club mix. There's a if you really look at that lighter shade of brown record, man. All the K Day mix masters almost had their hands in it. Tony G, Battle Cat, Romeo, me, also the Baker Boys. Let's show that cover, man. Let's show them that cover so they can see what it was. There it is, man. Boom. So. Do, did you go with us on the shoot to shoot this video? Uh, to, I didn't. I think Dan. I did remember. That. Who, Danny? Alien Danny? No, the guy. <laughs> you forgot the alien, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a reason why. <laughs> I am your fearless leader. He looked like somebody out of, uh, uh, was it, the Roswell? For sure. <laughs> he did, bro. He looked like an alien. I'm going to say an alien because I, I want to be politically correct because I want you to come for me. You you kicked it off, but I just had to let it be known. But nah. But anyway, that cover, man. Little Travesios. Remember the dude that drew it? Drew the cover? Danny, uh, wait. The guy who drew it. It was Cliff's homie. Like, he was like a neighbor or something. What was his name? He drew the cover. The the, the graphics. The lighter shade I logo. it was the dude from Priority that did it. What? It was, um. Who did? Oh, Slick. Oh, oh man. There's something I didn't know. OG Slick. OG yeah. Slick. Oh, I did. I forgot. Totally forgot. Created the lighter shade of brown logo. That's cool. Yeah, bro. He's been around for me. OG, bro. He did. He worked with a lot of rappers back in the day, too. Shaolin, this wow, is it. Wow. Didn't know that. Shout out to that, Slick, man. dude. Well, there you go, man. So when you buy that, you're buying a piece of Slick. <laughs> <laughs> Although lighter shade of brown owns the rights. So then who did the Sunday afternoon cassette cover? It wasn't. That was a cartoon. I have no idea. Anyway, man, see, I'm all discombobulated. So we we dropped this album, bro. Latin Active. What was your um, your thoughts behind like creating, producing? Um, you know, being in those studio sessions at Paramount and all these other places we record. I know we talked about Thirty Eight Fresh, Thirty Eight Fresh Beach, Beach, and yeah. all those studios. Man, that was a um, it was a cool experience for me going to different studios. That's the first time. Well, I you already been did doing. I know, but stuff. I would. Record at one studio. We were going to different studios at the time. You so. never jumped around yeah, like I that. Never jumped around like that. You so. like, what's going on? Yeah, but I, I that would help me out because I got to learn different boards, different outboard equipment, and you know how to make them sound. Right. Yeah. So, what was your favorite board to work on? Uh, the Neve. Ooh, is that Neve. the one with the nice flying faders? Warm. Yeah, nice warm Neve. So you had to have Neve a budget VR. to work with the Neve. Yeah, because those those sessions was at least like 150 hour. That's why I still don't see royalties to this day. We still paying for it, apparently. <laughs> Accordingly, we're still paying for those studio sessions. We ain't sold enough records yet. Nah, but the flying faders were dope. Yeah. 
Um, but that analog board in Paramount, I think it was in Studio C, downstairs. Double C in the back, yeah. Right? Yeah. How old was that board? That board was old. Johnny Guitar Watson used to use that room all the time. <laughs> wow. I remember me and Bobby went in there to go talk to him. Uh, Johnny Guitar Watson. He was there? Yeah, he's like, come on in here, young brothers. Yeah, a lot of shades. <laughs> a lot of shades. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing about y'all. And he... uh Actually, when set me and Bobby down, he's like, what y'all need to do is, you know, when you're making records here in the States, you're going to do what you're going to do. But you need to build your relationships overseas. These people, when you meet over there, because they're going to be bringing you back to do shows. So you need to get in good with them people there. Facts. And that was major facts. And that ended up happening because we, we toured Japan. Japan, Australia, Guam. <laughs> Guam. Hawaii about four, five times. Dude, lovely. And the response over there. Tell the, yeah. <laughs> tell the story about, uh, bro, about Japan when we went over there. What did the homies say to bring before we before we got on the plane? To bring old Levi's and old baseball caps. Why is that? Because you can turn around and sell them and make a nice profit. Okay. Yeah, that was game from Big Boy. That's why in, we ship Impalas over there. They'll buy those all day. You know, cars, anything that was made here. You know, it's, it's, I forgot what it's called, you know, but it's, it's the trading, not whatever. And they buy it from goods over here, just like we buy their stuff that's made over there. Yeah, and they, they just, they heavily into West And then Coast we get to Japan, Japan, bro. And then the CDs were like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. They were selling our stuff in stores at that time for 40, 50 bucks. For, yeah, bro, for a 12 song album. Everybody had an orange tan. Yeah. <laughs> and wearing uh, uh, gangbanger clothes, khakis. Dude, the Japanese. Tins. I love <laughs> Japanese culture. Man. They they support us. Hand they, they, love the, they love it. Period. But they were dressed all dressed like cholos, man, over there. Cause, and their lowrider magazines. They don't open up like regular books. They, they open back. backwards. Yeah, it was crazy. And I remember being at a show and we were there, and uh, we were like rocking out. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. This can't all be. You know, this looks like all it's like like Mexicans out here. I go, I say, hey, homie, in the front row. I go, take your locs off and. Dude was straight up Japanese, dude, yeah. but he was just like, like a oh, had the goatee and everything. Man, they go hard <laughs> over there, man. Shout out to everybody. Shout out to my dude, Knight the Funkster, because I got with him on a drawing before, and um, they just love music in general, hip hop especially. Yeah, I got a boy, uh, uh, Keza Bro, from Japan. That yeah. I did some music with him with uh, Folsom from Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would you, would you ever go back? Uh,. I mean, I go out there to like DJ a show or something, but I mean that weather out there was. Oh, you remember it was sticky. Yeah, remember how humid it was out there. I remember when uh, I left my wallet, dude, at the store, and I sure enough, bro, like I left my wallet in the store, and I went back. At the end of the day, it was like in the morning, and it was in the same place. Wow. Like they leave bikes there, and they don't even—they leave them unchained and everything. Yeah. Like you can't do that. Shit. Cigarette machines on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You got smoke twenty four seven. So yeah, it was dope. Um, but yeah, but being on the road internationally was super dope. So I remember we would tour and we bring Jamie James on tour, and you know our gente is you know our support majority of it is you know raza our Latinos you know obviously. And I remember we'd bring James along, and I remember we were in Washington or somewhere, bro. Yeah, and, Spokane. And they they sweated us for having a black DJ. And, you know, they pulled us to the side and it's like, hey, Remember they had me cornered in the front. They was going to get me. Talk about it, bro. Something. Talk about it, bro. <laughs> so it was a big show. Um, man, it was a real big show. And I went to, this is back when I smoked cigarettes. I'm in the front going to go smoke a cigarette. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what this Mayate doing over here? And they had me cornered. They was about to, like, let me have it. Wow. And you see me. Yeah. Off of the stage. And like, hey, hey, no. And you put them all in check and. And what you did, you told them, you like my song. You like Sunday Afternoon. You like Homies. You like Latin Active. This is the dude that made the music. That's it. That's all I needed to say. <laughs> and they parted the seas and let me go up to the stage. It could be any race, you know, against another one. Like, how could you hate on that? You know what I'm saying? But yet you're bumping Smokey Robinson and, you know, Mar Marvin Gaye and this and that. You'll bump the music. Yeah. But because we have somebody DJing for it, you'll buy it. But, you know, you'll dance to it. But another... You know, set of Latinos can't have a black DJ. It just didn't make sense. See, cool. When I grew up, I grew up with blacks and Mexicans, sprinkled in with a few whites here and there. 
you know, an Asian, whatever. But it was, you know, and, and I we weren't raised that way, bro. Like we were all one. You know what I'm saying? We all came from the same, you know, neighborhood, the slums, you know, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? And uh, we were all together. And we were all homies at some point. It was never like that. You know, I saw that when uh, when I started getting later in my later years in high school, when I actually moved out here to, to IE. You know, they was doing the little separation thing, you know, and I'm like, who's fighting who? What's going on? Oh, man, you know, it's, who's fighting after school? All oh, the Mexicans over there and the blacks. Woo. And I was like, why? You know, I, I didn't understand. I still didn't understand because I didn't come again from, from that. I was yeah. raising, you know, Santa Ana halfway through my uh, high school years. And I moved over here. And then that's where I, I got I got wind of that. I was just like people in my neighborhood, you know, they're like, oh, well, you working with these Mexicans? Why yeah. are you working with them? Cliff showed me, like, what really made me want to work with you guys. He showed me a Billboard magazine, and he showed me it was, I think, Mellow Man Ace and Kid Frost and then all the other black rappers. Like, what you don't see on here? You don't see a Mexican rap group, mm. a group that light went over my head, like, He's right. Yeah. I got to go full board with this. Yeah, yeah. And it happened. So you saw what you saw, and then it just clicked the light in your head. Yeah, like, man. I got to do this. I got to keep this oldie sound. So you felt the wave. You already knew. Yeah. You saw the wave as Early, it was happening with Mellow and Frost. Yeah. yeah. I saw where it was going. I loved them songs that they had, and I see where it was going. And I saw a whole nother culture that's not being a part of this, that, like, y'all cheating these people. Mm. You're cheating the Hispanic people out of knowing about their history and about themselves and what they're going to mean to hip-hop later on. Right. The fact that we're doing it. And let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on when they call us Chicano rappers? It's just rap, man. It's just, like, to me, it's, I don't like that put on there. It's still hip-hop. It's still rap. You know what? And I'll catch myself saying it just because it's been embedded in my head so many times. Yeah, that's like, what media put out there. You, you know, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. I've never said called my rap Chicano rap. I may have called myself, yeah, you know, maybe s- seldomly like, a, a, yeah, a Chicano rapper or I'm a Chicano who does rap. Right. Uh, but very rare you'll hear me say, yeah, I'm a Chicano rapper. Like, I'll say I'm Chicano. Sell my hat, you right. know. But um, it was they always hip hop. doing that to me. It's all hip hop. Right. You don't just because you're Mexican, you're Chicano, as far as your rap. Yeah. It's still rap. Mm-hmm. Like, don't segregate it like that. I've heard um, others talk about in interviews how uh, Chicanos or whoever's Mexicanos that, that, are, that are rapping, those that try to sound um, black. You know, or I, I've even gotten that. Hey, homie, why yeah. you sound black, homie? Remember they used yeah, to tell yeah. us that, bro? I swear they used to tell us that all the time. Hey, homie, why you sound black for homie? Why you sound like the Negros and this and that? I go, what do you mean? I, I, I didn't understand it. I go, bro, this is the way I talk. This is the way I was brought up. You know what I'm saying? Like, It's the music I listen to. I'm rapping like the music I listen to. And the people I hang around with. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't. Now, granted, I didn't grow up around a bunch of uh you know, Mexicanos who use the N-word, because that's a thing these days. Right. You know what I'm saying? That was unheard of back then. Yeah, you couldn't mm-hmm. do that. You know what I'm saying? But I you know, I grew up a handful of blacks and a handful of Mexicans, same thing like that. And, and that's just the way it was. I wasn't part of a clique to where I was banging and I was talking, hey, Holmes, you know, like, th- that wasn't me. And I'm sure if I was, I probably would be talking like that. Because it's yeah. it's it's a your product of your environment. It's who you hang around exactly. with. You know what it's I'm where saying? You're from is where you was raised at. I, I could be wrong. I don't know. Comment below. Let me know what you think. But um, that's I just call it as I see it, at least for me anyway. So I would get that a lot. You know, hey. so I hear these other guys talk about, well, it's like, oh, uh, there is a thing called Chicano rap, you know, so and there should be Chicanos, you know, Chicano rap is 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 fools from is, is homies from the neighborhood and, and, and they're representing, you know, their neighborhood and, and, and it's the culture that they rap about and, and this and that and it's the way they it's it's the sound. So is it supposed to be like gangster rap for Chicanos? I think it's everything else but just sounding black is what it is. Oh okay. I think that was the message they were trying to because and, and at the end of the day I did kind of side with them in a in a point because I think they they mentioned something about 
um, don't try to sound like them, meaning uh, black rappers. Right. Uh, uh, pave your own way because Mexicans aren't going to buy you be- buy your music because you sound black. They're going to buy what they like. They're they, they, they going to gonna respect you for who you are. And, I, I, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of see their, their point, but. To me, I mean, I think they might be limiting themselves. They could be taking around the world instead of keeping it regional. You know what, bro? At the end of the day, I'm an old school hip hop artist, bro. And I'm a dude that learned how to freestyle in his own. I sat in my room and I ate this thing called hip hop, bro. I loved it. I breathed it every single day. You can attest to that, bro. Oh, yeah. Having three records out. Was I not battling out there at every freaking concert? Yeah. Whoever wanted to get it, I was still out there. Fabian would tell you, man, me, I was out there. And Bobby would be like, "Hey, you ain't got to do that no more." Nah, and we signed. Heart, I go, man, that's, this is what I do, bro. Yeah. I'm, I'm call it. It's in me. So, you know, for 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 people to to say that, try to uh, judge, you know, you for the way you sound. And nah, bro, this is what made me. This is where I'm at. I grew up on Rakim. I grew up on Big Daddy Kane. You know, yeah. Cube. Black Sheep, the, you know, all of them, man, hip-hop. So it is what it is. There's more, there's more to rap than just Tupac and Biggie, I'll say that. It was You got to check before that yeah. because that was the 80s. Yeah, and, go check you know. Melly Mel. Because you go to Music Plus or you go to Warehouse back in the day and you'll see Lighter Shade of Brown. On a lucky day, you'll see us right next to LL Cool J. Where it should have been. Where it should have been. But then when this whole Chicano thing started, then they had our own section. Yeah. That's what I didn't like. Yeah. That kind of kind of limits you. Push you forward, bro. Um, so we toured. We did Culture Clash, man. That was one of the shows that we that, that we did together. It was one of our yeah, TV appearances in LA, man. And you remember that show? Yeah, dude. We was playing live wax, and my records were melting. Yeah. What do you mean? Talk <laughs> the about lights it. Was so hot that they were warping. They were, we were, were inside warping. though. We, we were indoors, inside, but the, the studio lights were so bright. I had to keep changing records. Ain't that some shit? That's crazy. Yeah. See that, Danny? You got to worry about that right now. I didn't find out records warped until I left my my, my vinyls, the Serato, yeah. in the car. Oh, yeah, definitely. I <laughs> and then I go in the next like day, that. and I was and, and it, was, it was bent. Yeah. And I was like, what is this? Because even when we did the video shoot, I think I went through maybe about eight pairs of Hey DJ. Look at that, bro. <laughs> you always had to bring back up, huh? That's why DJs yeah. had doubles, huh? Or triples, oh, yeah. huh? But the DJ, that was a How many records have you got from the record company? Have you got boxes? Nah, bro. I mean, <laughs> of your I, own record. I couldn't even tell you because every time I got something, I gave it away. Yeah. Like, I never kept something for myself. Like, I, people would ask me, hey, homie, you still got. Nah, man. Like, I, I give my shit away to fans. But no, you're right. I mean, DJs would always, because the vinyl would come out first. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, who you've produced outside of uh, Lighter Shade. Continuing on, so out of Lighter Shade of Brown, bro, and Moons. I know we got a. Let's bring let's bring the first one up on the screen right there. Pick one, anyone. I don't care, because this man's got a lot of uh, projects that he's worked with. Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Tell us about Shaq, Shaq Daddy. Oh, Shaq Daddy, good brother. Shaq um, <clears throat> you can't stop the rain. I did a song with uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Sauce Money, who was also down with Rockefeller. Okay. Yeah. Well, was that like meeting Shaq? Did you work with him in the studio, or was I it one of those? with him in the studio. Send him the track. Okay. No, no, no. At his, his house? house? At his house in Orlando, Florida. <laughs> like that. Yeah, he flew us out first class, man. Uh, <laughs> we got to go to the um, Orlando Magic game. This is before he came to the Lakers, right before he came to the Lakers. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And um, which was good, too. He was letting me know, hey. I'm coming to the Lakers. And oh, he I gave you the 411 yeah, he already? He gave me the 411, and I was telling some of my boys, like, you lying, he ain't coming out here. Bet me $1,000. <laughs> He's coming out here. He was there. Yeah, <laughs> give me that 1000 What was it like uh, hooking up with Shaq at that time? Because, I mean, I know he was doing things in Orlando, but not to the – to the measures of what he did in, in LA, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Winning championships. championships. But even still going to the game, sitting down on the courtside floor, going back right after he ended up scoring 40 points, he goes home, get dressed, come in the studio, knock out the song. How tall was that? Tripod or mic that he had. Already. Did they make them big enough to customize for it? Yeah. <laughs> like, they need a, a C clamp. What do you call it? Like, like his C board. His, uh, his board. I think he had a Focusrite uh, console, 
and it was like up to my chest. The board was so high. Oh shit! Yeah, wow. <laughs> his own board at his pad. Yeah, it was board, custom. Oh, full board. Custom, he had an engineer studio, and everything. Yeah. Engineer had a uh, separate studio. Um, we took a break, you know, from uh, recording. Went in his backyard, rode the sea dudes. He had a lake in his backyard. Oh, okay, yeah, because in Florida they just yeah. got a whole. He had like ten sea dudes. Did you get to new. see uh, had the fish tank? Didn't see the fish tank. Uh, I, I saw his weight. Shaq's roll. big on fish or what? Yeah, I don't know. I was watching that show tanked, and and they went in his house and built like a diesel truck, and they made it into a fish tank. It was crazy. It's dope. Oh man, dude. So what what was he like? I mean, did did he write his lyrics in the studio? No, he already had the song finished. And what what really amazed me, like after he get through playing the game, he comes in, he walks in. And I'm looking at this dude. He's um has some mink slippers with diamonds in them <laughs> and a belt buckle match with Ooh. diamonds in it. And he walks in like, I'm ready. He go in there, knock it out first time, the whole song. Yeah. Really? I, I, the whole song. Dubs and ad-libs and everything? After playing a full basketball game, scoring 40 it. points. It was like his therapy. Man, that dude was a hip-hop fanatic. Then after that, we went to the club. Chilled out there, Orlando. Yeah. Had a ball out there. His uh, cousins showed me a good time. Yeah. Oh, Montel Jordan. This is how we do. He was our, not our label mate, but our management. Yeah. Him. um, He and Paul also managed Warren G at that time, too. Yep. Uh, Coolio. Yep. So what songs did you have on I did a song on there. Uh, I didn't produce it, but I did scratch it on there. So it's uh, Montel Jordan featuring DJ Jammin' James. It's a song called It's Over. Dope. So I'm scratching in the hooks. Yeah. Coolio. Oh, another label yeah. made right there. I also produced a song, uh, one, two, three, four, something new on that album. Woo! I produced uh, four songs on that album. On the flow. Gotta, gotta get up. That was the joint. Yeah. Man got hits, huh? That was the one after Fantastic Voyage, right? Yeah, and then there's an album after that. I did a song called Hit Him with him and Razzcast. Mm. Dope, dope, dope. Uh, Craig Mack. Okay. I worked on Craig Mack's second record with me and Eric B. Mm. Yeah. With Rock him. Yeah. At Eric B. Dr. Doolittle soundtrack. That's right. Waterboy soundtrack. That's right. Yeah. You made me want to go watch all these movies Scary now. Scary movie soundtrack. No shit. Me be the my, local my soundtrack. Wife's favorite, one of my favorite uh, movies. Reality yeah. Bites with Winona Ryder and uh, Ethan Hawke. Uh, what's the movie Coolio? Gangsta's Paradise. Gangsta, um, what was that? At? What was that one called? Uh, Dangerous Minds. Do you recall? <laughs> okay, Bobby, man. Bobby! Because. We were supposed to do a song on that. We auditioned for that movie, for starters. We, oh, okay. we auditioned. We didn't get the part, obviously. But we went to the studio, and we were supposed to do a song for that. I don't know. I thought you produced or somebody did. And, did I? And, 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 and Bobby never went to made it to the studio. And they said, all right, screw these guys. Let's get into Bobby, man, situation. I want to get you know mellow out here just a little because we all have our stories. I'm a man, my brother. You know what I'm saying? We're all brothers, bro. We all started this from the beginning, from the get go, together, and um, we've seen them. We've done amazing things. We've seen them amazing things. We've laughed. We've cried. We've fought. But that's, I think, what builds a stronger relationship. Talk about that real quick. When you first got that 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 phone call, bro. Uh, about, my wife told me about it because uh, my wife's a big into Instagram, and uh, she found out about Bobby passing away, and she called me. Uh, and I was devastated. She said, we got to go out there right now because I know how you feel about Bobby. Because even when you guys got, got back together, mm. every other couple of shows, he would call me and tell me how things went. And he would always report to me every time. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, And I would always try to uplift him as much as I could. I knew his situation. Um, even when he was staying out in Hempford with his brother Pete, mm. I would go out there because I was like, Go out there, sell tracks to people out there that want to, you know, get some music. And Bobby was staying there, and P was trying to do his best to try to keep him, yeah, straight and level. It, it it wasn't working, you know. I went out there to do some music for him. I'm like, hey, dude, as many songs you want to do here, I'm here to do them. I got hundreds of tracks. Let's record. Yeah. And his mind wasn't there at the time. He always kept the group's name out there. You yeah. know, we'll say that. He, yeah, he when you were doing your radio thing, he went out there, and that's what. One thing I was like, hey, dude, keep that name out there. Whatever you got to do. Yeah. And you did the same thing. And, man, that, that name going to live forever. Yeah. 
I, I, I remember uh, when I got in the radio, it was 2000, and um, I had asked him, because this was off our, our second album on Greenside Records, if yeah. you could see inside me. And it was just, you know, I got done, I was producing there that whole time, and I just kind of saw another lane in radio, and I asked him, I said, Bobby, I said, come with me, man, let's, let's do this we radio thing. We going to do the KML thing. Right, remember we was that? already doing Sundays. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I remember when we went. Uh, we did the first show out there. That's where I got a little taste. Yeah. yeah. And then I had did. There was a good uh, response out there. Yeah, and then I did power with. Uh, I was alternating with Frank V from Proper Dose. Oh, okay. On Sundays, late nights, whatever. And um, Jeff Garcia, shout outs to him too. But um, then I stopped doing that. And then, so I already had a little flavor, you know, a little, got my hands on it as far as radio goes. But I was ready to do it. Jesse Duran had hit me up, the, the program director here at a local radio station, 991. And was like, hey, dude, we got an opportunity. You know, you said you was down to do radio five years ago. Now's your chance. I was like, let's go. So I said, D, let's go, man, Bobby. I go, we, we got a chance, bro. I go, this will help our music career, too. They go hand in hand. Yeah. But I guess he just had different views on it. You know what I mean? He he just didn't want it. He wanted instant, you know. Yeah, he was wanted cool that with the quick right show right away. Like, you know, give me like, that show money. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, you know, so I was like, yeah. bro, it's, it's not like that. We, we It's a whole different yeah. situation here. We got to earn yeah, our it's stripes. It's more longevity. I mean, you could even stretch out your music career with it. I mean, you know, you've yeah, been in radio. Exactly. So so I told him we got to just earn our strength, but it's going to come quicker than, than most because we've already got a name. Exactly. And we're local, and we started from here. But he just he said, nah, man, you go ahead. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my thing. I'm cool. So there's where he, you know, continued and, and was doing shows. And I think we might have did – I don't. I can't remember if I did shows after that point between 2000 and – No, you stopped doing shows. Period, right? Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't going out. I know I went out a few shows with him, and then I stopped going out because I was waking, making way more money producing. I was like, "Hey, I gotta get this paper, y'all. I'll do what you gotta y'all, do." Y'all totally understood. Like, do your thing. Yeah, we gonna keep it rolling. I was like, "Okay, cool." I would hear uh, here and there that he'd be in different states, and you know, because the fans were they would hit me, "Hey, bro, you guys gonna be in uh, here in Lubbock, or you're gonna be in El Paso or Phoenix?" And yeah. I'm like, "No, nah, that's not me." I go, I'm not going, bro. I'm not going to be there. Well, they're advertising you a lot of shit. I said, no, that, that, you got one half, and whoever else he brings, he says, I'm not going to be there. A lot of people, too, don't know that slow pain, street mentality came from Light of Shade of Brown. Mm. That's how I met them. And That's right. You worked them. on their album, yeah, Slow I Pain. produced their album. So they came from Light of Shade of Brown. People mm. understand they talk about Chicano rap here and there, but... And I'll always open arms like that, bro, with, with you and, and Battle Cat and everybody who saw for what it was, who believed in the movement. And you yeah. guys are one of the very few that did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, especially coming from your caliber, you know, from 1580 K Day, man, original Mixmaster. And to, for us just to work with you was just, we were just so, I was a kid, bro. And to find <laughs> out your background already, I was like, what? Like, this is about to happen. That's why I was at school just talking shit. Like, yeah, I'm about to get a record deal. Like, shut up, man. When I see you on MTV, then come talk to me. I remember the first Said, all right, time bitch. <laughs> yeah, a year later, it was on MTV. <laughs> I was yeah. like, how you like me now? But um, not to get off topic, though, but I mean. Big was, up to your moms, man. Yeah, shout outs, moms. Right. Hey. Gloria. Thank you. You held this glue together for this lighter shade of brown thing, and if man, if you weren't there, you'd have to be on the inside to understand. Yeah. So she played a very big part. Thank you, thank you for that. And and I know that Bobby would reach out to her too on, yeah, on, on a lot exactly. of occasions. She would tell me, you know, Bobby just called me, or yep. Bobby called when you were over here, or Bobby. Give it up to Cliff too, man. Man, oh yeah, I, no I doubt. Think about Cliff, like how he orchestrated that first record. I talk about that all the time. Now I, I always say, man, the concept. And you're right, absolutely right. I said, did you know that our concept, our album was concepted by, you know, a black man by the name of Clifford? Oh no way, Simon Holmes. You better believe it. He painted that way because when I came in this business, bro, I was rapping Rakim lyrics. You know that. You yeah, guys know he was that. More of a freestyler. A freestyler. There wasn't no stories and concepts nope. and songs that that you talk about. Hundred lifted people. Yeah, I I just wanted to rap. I was a battle rapper. How you were getting a hundred verses from me? A hundred bars. <laughs> you know, because I I didn't know what a chorus was until I met you. I didn't know what a hook was 
or, 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 or a verse was until I met you. I didn't know about 16 bars or eight bars or four bar breaks or bridges or blah, 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 blah. What the hell? I, I was, but if you told me to do it, I did it. We did it. Yeah. And you guys molded, man. So I want to thank you, brother, oh, for yeah, man. for being the big bro. And, and, and this man, I'm telling you, man, he's done a lot. You know, Fabian, everybody, you know, hey, uh, was all part Fabe of it. was my protege, Fabe, you know. He, Fabe was yeah. giving you up. He said you, you tie up some things, man. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, Fabe, like, I saw his interest in it and what he was willing to learn. I'm I'm the kind of person I'm, I'll show anybody. Right. If you want to learn how to do this and, and you really, you know, show that you care and got the passion like I do, there you go. Hey, did you ever, uh, what'd you think when I used to sit at the boards, bro? Because I know you, because that's what I learned out of you guys. I wasn't doing shit on the Brown and Proud album. And then yeah. I remember when I picked up the, my first drum machine I had was, was sold to 60. me. Yeah, it was sold to me. The Roger Lynn. You had the 62. I had the 60. The 60 or the 62? The 60. Oh, OG. Yeah, the 60. Yeah. And ALT, I bought it off him. Oh, okay. And he was gifted from, uh, I want to say, I think it was House of Pains DJ or something, uh, Lethal or something like that. But oh, okay. it went through a couple cats, and I, I picked it up off them. And there's where I, I think I produced the Hey DJ joints and yeah. If You Want to Groove and all that. That's why I started getting. But but I learned all that by watching you guys. I was at the board because I wouldn't just write my verse and leave. I, I would sit there. Will you guys take a break? Go smoke some. I go there and hit the mute buttons. That was my thing. I like to hit the mute. <laughs> The drops, yeah, remember the drops? drops? Yeah, yeah. Like, let me do my, hey James, put do some echo drop. on my drop. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I once got in trouble for doing that, man. And mugs, the, the spill the rhyme remix, because I honestly it came out. I was like, that's eh, cool, but I mean, I know mugs could have, you know, he could have could have delivered a little bit more for us. I mean, granted, the, the sample that he had to use, it wasn't exactly. You know that airy stuff that he normally uses, those obscure noise. But it was just, it, it, it is what it is. Still had mugs attached to it, though. It, it did. I'm not yeah. no discredit him, but again, I was young. I mean, yeah, a little ego on me. I was like, oh man, he could have gave us more. And then they went to mugs, and then mugs told him, well, that little, the, the little, the, the the dude, the bigger one, he kept pressing the buttons, man, at the board. <laughs> and I go. Yeah, he right. I did, man. I was out there messing the music. Oh, you was here when he was mixing it. Yeah. <laughs> so he where'd y'all do this me. song at? Um, was it Thirty Eight Fresh? Thirty Eight Fresh, dude. <laughs> Mugs was at Thirty Eight Fresh. Yeah, he just came in and knocked the remix out. I'll spill you the know, wine. Mike Green did a lot of producing too. Yeah, did he? I, I who did he do? He produced somebody I can believe he did. Yeah, I gotta look it up. I gotta Google. Man, those one of those many studios we we we, uh, we rocked yeah, out of. That's where we started out. So that's crazy. Where can they find you? What you doing these days, man? I still DJ weddings. Okay. Yeah. There's money in weddings. Yeah, it is, and mm-hmm. you know most of the weddings that I DJ, the people stayed together for some reason. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was my party. You <laughs> 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 better claim it. Yeah. I DJ it. Hi. DJ Jamma James, book me for your next party. Hey, <laughs> it's proven our couple stay together that I mix master. <laughs> Here's my resume. Um, now that's dope, bro. I can't do the I, I do the side gigs too, man. I'm like, weddings are just a lot of work, bro. I mean, it's you, it you know, is. it's money. Playlist you got to get work. together in certain way. You got to DJ other than like if I'm playing some straight hip hop stuff it's, it's a lot of work when you gotta do the ceremony yeah. the reception the ladies and gentlemen right but once the party starts you got like two hours max to just banger after banger after yeah. banger right boom I like even, doing like the um, well I used to do with Uncle Jam's Army doing the uh, intermission for the concerts oh okay so, yeah Rest in peace to my man, Roger Clayton. Can you tell the Roger Troutman story? Rest uh, in peace about Roger Troutman from Zap. Oh, Roger Troutman from Zap. Last so, one, last one. Where were we oh, at? wait, I got another uh, story about Melly Mel, too. I got to tell you. Okay. <laughs> so Roger Troutman, we're in uh, Spokane, Washington. Yeah. Um, somebody broke into my Cadillac and stole my dad player. I didn't have a dad for the show, so I rushed to the airport. I had the dad, so I took him with me. I talked to Roger's road manager. He said, um, yeah, yeah, Roger said you can use his uh, his uh, dad player, Young Blood." And I get to Roger's room. He's like, ah, what's happening, Young Blood?" <laughs> <laughs> I get there. Roger comes to the door with his tidy whities on. <laughs> what a towel. <laughs> and he, had his, he didn't have no towel on. He just had no shirt and straight tidy whities <laughs> And he had the dad player in his hand. He explaining it to me. 
Like, all right, you push this button here, you eject it right there, you put your dad player in, and I look in the back of the room. Roger had two stallions in there. Two bowers. Wow. That explains that, bro. Yeah. I wouldn't expect anything less. Yeah, that was pretty wild. He was doing why he was doing the Diddy. Yeah, Roger was a cool <laughs> dude, man. We did hundreds of shows with Roger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just in them, a matter of them two years. Zap just celebrated their fortieth. Fortieth, yeah, last year. Yeah, fortieth anniversary. Uh, Toyota. Yeah, man. Cool. Still doing shows without Roger. Yeah, uh, we're yeah. in New York. Oh snap! Um, so I want to hear this. We we just hip hop fanatics, and we just like, hey, forget the road manager. Yeah. We're going walking around in New York. Ah. <laughs> so his old story is two Mexicans and a black dude yep. <laughs> walking in New York. Yep. Yep. <laughs> we walking down the block, look across the street, see a mob of dudes coming out of a building. He was like, oh, we shit. We keep walking like, oh, shit. Yeah. We keep walking. And then we look over there, and they looked at us. We kind of caught eye contact. And he said, hey, is that a lot of shit of brown? <laughs> <laughs> And we was like, yeah. And we said, hey, is that Grandmaster Flash and Nelly Mel? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going over here to the titty bar. Y'all want to join us? We was like, yeah. <laughs> so Grandmaster Flash, not Grandmaster Flash, Melly Mel. Melly Mel. The Furious Five. You know, he Raheem, the, the Scorpio, big all of those cats. We go into the strip club with Lighter Shade of Brown. Dope. I got to go back to this one. We're in Hawaii. Lighter Shade of Brown performing with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Huge mm. arena show with guest star Easy E. We're backstage. Easy E comes to Light of Shade of Brown and me, like, man, I always loved y'all. I want to sign y'all. For the Brown side, any of that, this is right, right after they signed the deal with Mercury, right backstage. Like, I love y'all, man. And the song Homies, man, man, that's one of my favorite songs, man. You know what? You sample me on there, huh? I should shoot your motherfucking ass. <laughs> he, he said I, that. Yeah, he said that. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I shit. I'm going to go about this shit on myself. <laughs> and he's like, I was just kidding. I ain't going to sue y'all. I love that song. Man, I want to sign y'all. Robert's like, man, we just signed our deal with Mercury, man. We can't. I always kept it loyal to the yeah. soil at the point. Man. I'm like, oh, we'll get in trouble. You know, but he did end up... Uh, Interviewing us later on on ninety two point three to be ninety two three with the uh, we was at Lollapalooza was it performed? Nah, we, Lollapalooza it was downtown, L A. and he performed us in ninety two three. Oh, okay. That's we interviewed us at. I was talking about when we, when we were in studio. Oh, with, in studio. And he was talking about wanting to sign us. Um, I think it was Ruthless Radio. Oh, okay. And that was what, after then. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about. He was like, "Hey, man." I was, after we got off, and he was like, yo, man, what I got to do to get y'all on my label? I'm starting this uh, Latin rap label. True story. He goes, what, I got to buy y'all? Y'all got to buy y'all out or something like that? He go, I go, well, yeah, because I told him, you know, where I'm Mercury. He goes, so I got to buy y'all out? All right. Well, consider it done. And that was it. And then a few months later, he passed, I think. Oh, one more story about homies. Let's go. It's Let's like go. <laughs> Story. When I'm tracking the song Homies yes. at Paramount Recording Studio, yes. Studio B upstairs, I'm doing the scratching. So I'm scratching in NWA is from uh Ice Cube. My my homies, we said, my homies see me at the motel. Right. And uh Easy E was like uh my homeboy Anyway, I'm in there doing the scratching for the hook. Who comes in while I'm scratching? Tupac. Wow. Tupac says to me He waited till I did the scratch And he didn't say nothing He's standing at the door Stoker will tell you this And Romeo Because Romeo ended up doing something for him He was like You know man I'm downstairs in the studio And we working on the beat And the beat is whack Um, I got money You know Can somebody come Can can you fix it This fool pulled out a wad of money This was before uh, Death Row days This way before Death Row He was working with the Outlaws downstairs Okay This is way before Death Row I think me against the world before that. Yeah, this was night right when homies homies wasn't released. Yeah, we in the oh, studio. Okay. So, so it was right after 91. digital underground this stuff. This is ninety one. Yeah. Okay. I said I had to finish my scratch and I couldn't do it. So Romeo took the drum machine downstairs and did the beat for Tupac. Which one? It was some song he did for the Outlaws. 
I was like, damn, I just passed up doing a song for Tupac. Man. <laughs> but I put Tupac, used my drum machine, the same drum machine. Yeah, that made, yeah, that's that made it. homies. That's the fuck, claim to fame right there, homie. <laughs> All love, dude. Any more? Oh, I one, more, one more, I one more, one more. So um, I'm at Yab Yum Studio um, to play some tracks for Babyface. Yeah. And uh, my boy Romeo, because he knew Babyface, and he the one that introduced him to me, like, oh, my boy Jamin James, the producer, he got some tracks. And he's shook in my hand, and he's just sitting there holding my hand. You know what? The way you put them oldies together and weave them together, oh, man, you know what? That's one of my favorite rap jams. Babyface said Baby that? Babyface said that. That's crazy. DJ and that's Shiro, he told her, too. And that, at right when I'm playing tracks for him, Shock G walks in. He's playing some tracks for Babyface, too. So he's starting to tell me Tupac stories, and we sitting there kicking it, and just man, that was that was a special time. The oldest just came about, and how we took it mainstream by flipping it because nobody was doing that. Nah, 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 nah. That right, was y'all online. You know one person we haven't mentioned, and you happen to be related to this person. I'm gonna finish it on this story. If you bought the first Brown and Proud album, it had no hook on it, it had no chorus, right? And uh, so the label wanted it said, well, we're going to go to radio with it. We, we, we need a we need a hook on it. Mind you, Latin actor was already out because, you know, Sunday afternoon was our next single. Well, lo and behold, I heard this song, this, this female voice on it. And it was Shiro. Shiro's related to you. That's, That's your cousin, cousin, right? Yeah. See, if you guys didn't know that, how did that go down? How she ended up on our tracks? Wasn't it a phone call? Yeah. My uncle Teddy, which is uh, her uncle. Um she said, you know, I didn't even know her till like I was nineteen. Yeah. And I found out she was my cousin. And um he's like, because uh, she was feeling down or something. And he told her, Come to the studio, you know, hang out with your cousin Jam and James. And um when I was doing Latin Active, I had my sister come sing the hook. I had a few different people come in and sing it and they just didn't fit it. And I brought Shiro in and I just told her, Hey, here get a song. We changed some words around. And she went in there and sung it and just nailed it right off the bat. Did she do Sunday and Latin the same day? Or? No, she did Sunday afternoon first. Latin Active, I mean, no, she did Latin Active first. Latin Active, she did at Beach, I believe. Okay. And Sunday afternoon was at Image. That makes sense because that was Jason the second Robert, single. Same Latin thing did, you know. Right. Everybody. Yeah, dude. That's crazy, man. That was dope. I remember Latin Active Sunday afternoon at the time, and Shiro killed both of those, hands down for sure. Shiro, what Shiro. up, baby girl? She has a lot to do with this group as well. Scotty Brothers too. All the stories, hearing the stories, and and, I'm telling you, man, we can go hours and hours for this, man. And I'm sure there's gonna someone you leave, you think some out there. But important thing is, we have him right here, man. And and I always, you know, I'll call him every now and then. I'll text him, hey, remember this? Remember that? Like, I just love talking about memories, even when fans come up and they always say, dude, I remember seeing you at this car show here in Fresno back in the day, or this, or this happened, or you know, your limousine broke down, Australia. You know what I mean? Australia. Hey, mate. Show us. <laughs> Play, show us. Damn. Dude, Jam James, he would keep us cracking up, bro. Him and Bobby. This is about having a good time. Bobby, man. man. Bobby was funny. Bobby could have been a comedian, dude. If Facts. he knew how to structure his his show, yeah. uh, he could have pulled it off. Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap this up, dude, because... Uh, I know we've gone too long. We can go an extra hour. I, I would love to squeeze some more ads in. I ain't, I ain't mad at that. Now, but <laughs> but thank you, James, man, for real, bro. Yeah, Bottom of my heart, bro. Thanks for coming through, I accepting to come, to come through, you, man. Yeah. And you were the first ones to respond. So uh, you and Fabe, actually. So um, continue success, bro. Bless you and your family. You got your daughter with... Uh, T- I, got a, I got a nine. Nine. Nine, 20-year-old, uh, and a 24 Oof. Got any grandkids coming? No, no grandkids. My no. boys ain't trying to go out like that. They ain't trying to go out like that. Nah. <laughs> are they are they aspiring DJ or what, what are they? Nah. Completely. One plays football, the younger one, and the other one's just working. He worked for the city, so. Okay. Thanks, James, once again, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, just, I'm wrapping it all, man. I appreciate you, brother. Love you, man. You and your family, man. Give them hugs and you know, all that for me. Well, do. My fan band, bro. We'll, we'll, we'll catch you along. We'll do, do a little barbecue here, man. When, you know what I'm saying? Oh, Sometime. Okay. Scratch yeah, it up you Scratch come it to up. the house too man Hey you get down with ceviche Danny gets down on the ceviche <laughs> uh, bro okay Seafood You like seafood uh, Yeah I'm a, I'm a, a fish man Okay I like fish Ooh, I'm Catfish man I've never actually done fish But uh, okay. I'm, I'm open you know Yeah to, to, to I like do shrimp it. as well 
Yeah, yeah, we'll have to do that. Have some modelos. You know what I mean? Oh, some you can just throw the carne side on the grill. Hey. Ooh, I got to have him try the, um, the ranchera that I brought. There you go. Ah, what you talking about with that? Uh, it's uh, meat. So it's, uh, you got to try it. That's all I got to say. Oh, okay. I know yeah. about that, man. Half my fam- family. That's why, no, he's saying what's half up. Half my well, family is Hispanic. Yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> we're going to have to set it up. You knew what this was when he wrote in with the modelos, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Modelo time, fool. The Blockout Podcast. You can check us out on all uh, social media platforms. Please, this video right here, give us a like, give us a share. Hey, more Lighter Shade of Brown um, mm-hmm. stories coming on the way, so stay tuned for that. And that's what we're doing for this whole web, you know, web series for you podcast, man. We're new to this, but it's not like we're new to this. You know, we've been doing this for years. But this podcast thing, man, is just crazy. And I'm fortunate enough to have my brother Jam and James on here, DJ Fabe Love, and we got more in store coming your way. So at yeah. the Blockout Podcast once again, and and uh, tell somebody, DJ Danny Boy, man, much props to you, my Danny dude, for holding it down with the music. It's dope, man. Nice the relationship, you know, that you guys have. And like I told him, dude, I mean, I barely started DJing. I'm on year five. Oh, and um, Don't stop. Keep I mean, practicing. That's what Battle Cat told me. Don't stop. Keep <laughs> practicing. Don't stop. Keep practicing. Yeah, I think what motivates me is just the relationships. Like, I see the relationships you guys have, and it's... I mean, it's just, it just humbles me every day. It's crazy yeah. being on the road. I just got on, you know, going with them now, and it was just crazy also. Make yeah, sure you guys watch. Soak it up. There you go. Shout-outs yeah. to Money Moons, man, behind the uh, switches, hitting Money switches. Moons, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see Money Moons out there on the road. What you doing, y'all thing? I appreciate it, brother. Uh, yeah, keep thanks, keep bro. Going. It's an honor to be up there, man, yeah. straight up. Hey. And I get compliments all the time about him. He did not once, because, you know, I got to go around and explain yeah, I know how that'll go. You know, hey man, he can't replace Bobby. I'm like, dude, he's not trying to. He's not trying. He's to, money he's, moons. He's money moons, and he's doing his thing, and, and he's part of this light of shade thing. And y'all respect it because it's still going. Yep. And he covers my breast, bro. Like, yeah. like I dead on, like almost like Bobby, bro. See, that's what you need. And he's a fan, bro, from from day one. And I knew it when I gave him a week. So I said, bro, you want to come on the road? And he goes, all right. You went home and what'd you do, bro? You watched every single video, every show. I went on YouTube and Google a lot of shit of Brown Live. Watched all their videos. <laughs> so I know every hit of Bobby used to do. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey. So anyway, on that note, man, uh, much love to Money Moons, everybody, the crew. We'll catch you guys on the next one, man. We love y'all. Peace. Peace. Peace.